Yeah, I, I just want to say, if you're on the border, right, if you're a university student here, here in Australia and you're on the border, should I get involved or not? The answer, the answer is just simply yes, because it's a, an easy process to get involved. I've, I've gone through, if you look at the website, it's got a lot of actual really good tips on how to even, you know, put a team together for Valorant, uh, which agent you want to play, all of these things that for me, as someone who is interested in Valorant, um, and unfortunately too old uh, to be competing in uh, in Campus Clutch. Um, um, you've got nothing to lose. It's a great experience. And even if you don't come out at the end and you don't win the prize, it's okay because you gained an experience. You know what an esports tournament is like. And maybe you've, uh, you've opened a door to something that you wouldn't have otherwise done. I, I did exactly the same thing. That is how I got involved in esports. I found myself an entry-level tournament that I didn't think I was going to want to play in, but I gave it a shot anyway, and from there I was hooked. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift. My name is Gianni. Well, it's been an interesting year. I think we've heard that being said many, many times. Uh, but in 2021, esports events are starting to come back. Esports events reached unprecedented heights in 2019. Massive stadium events, big online leagues, lots of prize money, some of the biggest names in gaming taking part. But in 2020, they just weren't possible. And you all know why. It was a COVID-19 pandemic. Travel was restricted. Uh, gathering of people was restricted. Well, in 2021, tentatively, slowly and carefully, Events like the Red Bull Campus Clutch are starting to happen again. It's a Valorant tournament uh, aimed at university students uh, looking to find new talent in that area and get people involved in a sport that is at its very infancy. It's only been out just for a short time and people are still finding out the best way to play. Ben Green is a caster from ESL Australia, one of the organisers uh, of this event, uh, and spoke to me about what it's like uh, to slowly be able to restart having these esports events in, in a year that was very different for a lot of people, but has also opened up opportunities for others. Yeah, 2020, she said, it, it, it's, uh, it's been a, a wild ride, I think, for, for everyone. Um, and in 2021, I think we're going to see things, you know, starting to come back. We are uh, very fortunate in the esports in the e ecosystem um, where a lot of the world kind of had to put what they were doing on hold that, you know, we kind of live in this virtual space. Um, we're kind of already here um, when, you know, when a lot of other sports had to had to transition or stop, we could sort of continue online. So for us coming into 2021, I'm hoping to see all the things that we had planned for 2020 starting to come back and finding their way through. Um, and you've all already saw, you know, started to see that with a few big tournaments uh, towards the end of the year and things like uh, what Red Bull has planned in 2021 as well. Obviously, uh, a lot ahead for this year, starting with uh, Red Bull Campus Clutch. Um, how has, I guess, some of these virtualized tournaments, the online versions, sort of changed the way that the games are being played? I know that us here in Australia are kind of 
uh, reduced to, uh, you know, expecting a lot of lag and all that sort of thing. But how does the gameplay sort of change for people who are playing in ways that maybe not exactly how they're used to? Yeah, there's, it's actually, it's funny because for some players it might be a pro and for other players it might be a con. If you are a big game player, right, if you, if you are used to playing on the world's biggest stage, you're used to having thousands of fans, you've done it time and time again, and you, you sort of draw your energy from the crowd in, in a grand final perhaps, uh, uh, for those players it's a different experience. But for newer players coming through, uh, it's actually a really good opportunity to sort of ease them in because uh, uh, esports can ramp up quite quickly if you think about it. Uh, so often you'll go from a, an online league to a live in-person final, and sometimes that online league goes into a live in-person final with lots of people cheering for you. So uh, this is kind of allowed for some players them to sort of stagger um, their experience in, into that level of esports. So. Uh, instead of having to deal with the fact that perhaps they're playing in a semi-final or a grand final uh, for a lot of prize money and they're doing it on a massive stage, now they're playing at home. They're wearing, you know, they've got their, their jersey on top, they've got their PJs on the bottom, they're playing on their home setup, they're still playing for a lot of money and a lot of people are watching the game, but they're in that home environment or maybe a, a, a training centre or, or something like that. So it has sort of uh, eased um, that transition. And we actually have seen teams that have struggled to win on the stage in the past, find victories for the first time in 2020. So I think that's kind of cool that it's allowed them, you know, to maybe ease those nerves and find a, a better way to to, uh, to get involved. Um, and it's been great to see um, how tournament operators have been able to sort of change up how they do things. We see a lot of player cams in broadcast from, from players playing at home. We've seen a lot of fan cams as well uh, being included into broadcasting, giving an opportunity for people who maybe wouldn't have normally been able to make it to the event anyway to kind of feel like they truly are a part of that big event or that big broadcast. So uh, even though things aren't how they were, um, we've been very lucky that, you know, uh, as a that, you know, online ecosystem that esports lives in, um, we've been able to tr transition across really quite well. And I think um, hopefully, my, my genuine hope is that when things start to return to, to normal, we'll actually be in a better spot than maybe where we would have been beforehand. So you kind of touched on it a little bit there and you're saying that this sort of environment does actually act as a really nice uh, lead-in point. Um, and, you know, the collegiate sports scene in a lot of things is usually that that lead-in point for a, a lot of sports and getting into the professional leagues. Can you describe for us what is the Red Bull Campus clutch and, and where does it sort of place um, itself in that progression for people who want to make um, playing games professionally their career? Yeah, absolutely. So Red Bull Campus Clutch is a, a collegiate-level esports event for Valorant um, running across the world. So collegiate-level uh, in Australia, we'd say uni-level, um, university league, something like that. Uh, it's interesting because of uh, when you go from playing online, you know, you, so you think you're, you're a casual player, then maybe you step up a little bit, you're playing some ranked play, in whatever the game may be. If you're playing ranked in Valorant, maybe you're trying to play with a couple of your friends at the same time and you get, you know, again, it's pretty casual. Uh, you care about the results of the matches, um, but, you know, if, if you lose, it doesn't matter. Uh, you just queue back up and, and you go again. That step from playing, uh, you know, that casual competitive style into playing in an actual tournament is actually quite a big step, um, even for even for people who maybe, you know, aren't 18, 19, just in uni, even, um, you know, older adults trying to get into it. It's still 
it still is quite a big step. So, um, and, and often it can be difficult to find where these tournaments are. It can be difficult to find what the best first step is. I, I often get messages and emails and DMs and things like that. Like, hey, uh, I want to get into playing actual esports competitions, but I have no idea how to get involved. So collegiate esports, things like Campus Clutch, um, really is that great stepping stone because it's been advertised around universities. You can jump in there with some friends from your uni classes or, or people that you meet on campus. Uh, you know that you're only going to be playing against other university students. So, you know, some of those players obviously still going to be very, very good. Some of the best players that we'll see as part of the Valorant ecosystem are still at university, but it just makes it a little bit easier. It's a little bit more clear cut. So once you get involved, it's it's a much better way to sort of ease you in to those tournaments, I suppose, knowing what you need to do, knowing the structure, knowing, hey, all right, I need to be here at a certain time. I log into this website. There's going to be an admin. Uh, a game's going to get assigned. This is how I play a custom game. This is the rules. Oh, I did something wrong. This is the, the penalty. You know, it's just a, a nice way to sort of help people understand it is quite a big difference, again, from playing that sort of casual competitive style. So it's a great opportunity as that first stepping stone. And for me, I think, uh, you know, having that low barrier to entry, once you've done it, it does get quite comfortable to, to be part of those competitions. So someone who may otherwise have only ever just played with their mates now has this low barrier to entry. They can get involved and once they have a good experience, they go, oh, that was pretty good. What else can I play in? Um, so I, I think it's a really great way to sort of broaden uh, the number of participants and, and number of people playing competitive esports, and in this case, Valorant. Valorant's a relatively new game in esports. It's a new game, full stop. There might be a lot of people out there who maybe don't even know what the game is. Can you describe it for us, I guess, at the basic level, uh, how it compares to some other games, and what does the competitive scene kind of look like? Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, Valorant is is really uh, one of your very traditional styles of esports. It's team based. It's five players versus five players. You've got uh, an attacking side, a defending side. Essentially, you, you play the same map over and over and over until one team gets enough points. Uh, people, it's an FPS game, first person shooter, but it, it really is a, a tactical shooter. Um, and we've seen games like that in the past on the lines of Counter Strike, which is one of the biggest esports in the world. So. What Valorant's come along and done, it, it's taken a very similar style to what we've seen in Counter-Strike, but it, I think it's made it perhaps a little bit more accessible, uh, perhaps a little bit more fun. Uh, the characters that you see are, are very different. They're not your traditional style of character. Their abilities are, are, are a lot of fun. So it, it's, a, it's a great esport to get into. And whilst you can watch it and maybe not necessarily know what each of each of the agents are doing you can understand that it's 5v5 team based and there's your objective you either uh, complete your objective or you don't okay i can see that didn't occur the other team got a point it's rinse and repeat so it doesn't sort of um snowball out into into some massive thing 50 minutes in where maybe it's difficult to understand where it's at it, it's pretty simple to understand and it's a really good entry point so when you look at the ecosystem, right, it's it's a it's an esport that's only been around for for not even twelve months yet, um, and we've seen around the world and here in Australia, 
um, that community, those teams, um, some of the big organizations getting involved, some new teams getting involved as well. And it's really starting to flesh itself out. And for 2021, uh, we can see that Riot has has big plans um, for, for Valorant around the world and here in Australia. So uh, it's a good year. It's a good time to be involved. Um, and, you know, a lot of opportunities for even new teams, even teams, funnily enough, coming off something like Campus Clutch, you could literally go from this tournament, take your same five players and start participating in some of those bigger events as well. It's totally possible. Um, I'd like to ask about you. When you're preparing uh, for tournaments, uh, you're either uh, one of the broadcasters involved or doing the planning in the background. Um, what is the sort of preparation that goes in? What is the sort of day uh, in the life of uh, a shoutcaster for ESL Australia look like? Yeah, shoutcasting is... Uh... It, it's one of those things. A lot of preparation goes in, and only all you see is the very tip, right, of uh, all this work that that goes into into preparing for a broadcast. So it, it's uh, it's funny because um, at the lower level, you're doing a lot of, you know, some some of these guys are doing their own graphics, they're doing their own brackets, they're maybe running their own tournaments, they're uh, spectating the games, the in-game camera, and getting. The best shots and trying to shout cast at the same time at the top level uh you, you have the benefit of uh being able to turn up a few hours before do do some rehearsals and then you've got a team of experts around you right helping you do that you've got uh you know three or four uh spectators in there getting uh, the best point of view you've got a, a professional producer you've got um you know professional graphics operators all pulling it together so as a shoutcaster in that world uh, your your job really is is preparation, learning the teams, learning the game, uh, learning what's gone on. I think it's funny because esports is perhaps uh, a little bit decentralized at times. It can be difficult to get all of that information at the same time. If you're looking at a, a tournament where maybe it's uh, an APAC wide tournament, you've, you've got teams from Asia competing, uh, teams from Australia, and you're looking at like, wow, I'm trying to get information on these teams that, that are played um, in a qualifier somewhere else and there's no English language information available. So you have to start searching through uh, videos on YouTube or on Twitch somewhere and scrolling through and, and watching a broadcast in a different language and taking your own notes and, you know, trying to make sure um, that, that you, you're, you're across what this team's done. Some of the other guys, um, well, I, I, I don't know, Elfish Guy, who's one of the, the big casters here in Australia, if you go do work with him, he'll have a, he have like this, I, I saw it in his office once, he had this many notes for one year of broadcast, just in, in paper form, to print it off and, and take it. So there's a lot, it's a lot of preparation is really what it is. And that preparation allows you to step into the broadcast ready to go, because when everything's happening, you don't really have time to think, you just need to to have that information on hand, have it inside your brain ready to go. Um, I, I, I kind of feel that uh, eSports shoutcasting is, is almost more difficult than traditional sports commentary because the games change so often and you're always trying to find something new. The players change so often. The players change their names. You'll go into, one, who's this guy? I don't know who this player is. And it turns out it's just someone else that you know, but they've just decided that they wanted to change their alias today and they didn't tell anybody. So it can be a little bit tough. For me, I've done probably 20 different esports titles um, in the last eight years. So that in of itself, it is difficult to be uh, across all of those titles as well as you would like. But, uh, you know, that's just part of the deal. So you can't complain. It's good fun. And uh, it's a 
good community to to be a part of. What's your favourite memory um, from any esports event, either one you've worked at or one that you've visited uh, as a just as a viewer, as a participant? Yeah, I've got. I think for me, I've got um, probably. I'm, I'm going to give you three, right? I know that. I know. I'm going to give you three. My first one was the first proper big esports event um, that I went to, which was uh, the League of Legends finals at Luna Park. I think it was 2015. Um, there was about uh, 1,500 people there in the audience. There was a big, big stage. And it was the first time for me where I felt like I, I'd been to one of these bigger events in Australia. It was really the first opportunity. Riot had taken over the entirety of, of Luna Park on Sydney Harbour. Um, and it was just all of a sudden there were thousands of other people at this event who enjoyed the same thing that I did. So that was a pretty big one for me. Um, the first Intel Extreme Masters we did in Sydney, standing there in the crowd and seeing for the first time the the intro and the countdown, you know, coming down before the very first game. Um, that was pretty moving for me because it would probably the the toughest few months of my life in terms of working and the amount of work that needed to go in and had worked on it with this team for, you know, for a very long time to make it happen. So that was great to see. Um, and then personally as a commentator, commentating matches, the first matches ever in Rod Laver Arena, right, um, at Melbourne Park for the Melbourne Esports Open and being the guy that's like, you know, welcome. This is the first time we've done esports here. It's the home of the Australian Open and here we are. So that was, uh, you know, for me, an amazing opportunity. So um, those three things sort of for me spell out my life in esports, getting to watch a big one for the first time, helping to put a big event on and then, as a, as a shoutcaster being involved down there on the ground in front of the, the stage and, and being able to intro the, the show. So, um, and I think the thing, right, uh, and I know this isn't what you asked, but I want to say it anyway, I kind of feel like the great thing about esports is that I feel like almost anyone can do that progression still. You know what I mean? There's still time to do that. Esports is, is growing so quickly. And the number of jobs even here in Australia that are available compared to what we had three or four years ago it's been such a massive jump and we've you know you've seen the growth you've seen the number of events you've got massive partners like red bull getting involved like it's such a great time to be an esports fan or a player or someone who just wants to get involved and there's so many opportunities so it, it really is truly um if you love esports it, it, it's a great time to be involved that's Ben Green from ESL Australia, who will be part of the Red Bull Campus Clutch, which is a Valorant tournament uh, looking to find the newest, uh, brightest players in the university level uh, who will go on to compete all around the world uh, for some prize money. You can find out more about that uh, by searching for Red Bull Campus Clutch or there'll be a link in the show notes of this episode. Pixel Sift is produced by Scott Quigg, Sarah Island, Daniel Ang, Fiona Bartholomeus, and Mitch Lowe, who is our senior producer, and Gianni DiGiovanni. That's me. I am the executive producer. You can find out much more about Pixel Sift by heading to the Pixel Sift website. That's pixelsift.com.au, uh, where you'll find articles, you'll find videos, you'll find other podcasts. Uh, and much, much more. That's pixelsift.com.au. And while you're online, why not join the Pixel Sift community? You can find us in a really nice and supportive and interested 
community uh, on Discord. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord to join that if you'd like to be part of that. Share your work, uh, talk to people about games, uh, just be part of a, a cool group of interesting people. pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. In your podcast player, you can give us a follow if you've enjoyed this uh, and you can get every episode that we release for free. For free. It doesn't cost you anything. Find your podcast player of choice. Until next time, have fun. <laughs>